0: Welcome into the platform podcast, Kettlebell Fat Blast Edition. I am your host, Jordan Kundy Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. On these special episodes, I'm going to tell you about my own personal journey to get into the best shape of my life, and it's about to get real. I'm going to take you on this journey with me and tell you about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and share all of the successes and struggles along the way. I'm going to talk to you about the frameworks and methods that I'm applying to accomplish this goal and the why behind them without the BS and fluff that you see on social media every day. So follow me uh, at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club on Instagram and Facebook. Go to our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com or reach out to me via email, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the content, please leave me a five-star rating and review and share on social media to help me grow my impact. And as always, please support the podcast by supporting the affiliates listed in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I am glad you're here. All right. Welcome into the platform podcast kettlebell fat blast edition. This is actually the 50th episode five zero episode of the platform podcast. I am incredibly grateful that it has gone on this long. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, first of all, to all of my guests who have come on to the platform podcast um, and sat down to interview with me, answer questions about themselves and about their background, their stories, their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset. Um, I really, I'm really, really grateful to everyone who has taken the time out of their busy lives to spend some time letting me ask them questions. Um, But most importantly, I want to say thank you to all of the audience members, uh, the people who follow this podcast, the people who listen and give me feedback uh, people who have gone out of their way to introduce me to guests, which I truly, truly appreciate because I am a one-man operation here. Um, this is not a huge podcast with a massive team of people or producers, uh, people scheduling guests for me. It is largely a scattershot approach by me when I have time um, in between my full-time day job, coaching my team, being a husband, being a dad to my two kids. Um I, I do this because I am passionate about it and I really enjoy this time. I love, I love the, the time I get to spend interviewing people. It's a blast. Um, but I really appreciate everybody that has gone out of their way to help me, supported me in any way, supported my affiliates, given me feedback, introduced me to guests, um, sent me a message, given me a review on, you know, whatever, you know, Apple podcasts or anywhere. Um, Or even just, you know, taking the time to send me a note. Um, I truly, truly appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And uh, it helps keep me, (laughs) keeps me honest, keeps me going, keeps me doing this. Um, So hopefully there are at least 50 more episodes coming. Um, So with that, I'm going to reflect a little bit on some some lessons I think I've learned from, from the first 50 episodes and give you a sense of where I'm hoping to, to go as we move forward. Um, I have reinforced my belief that the kettlebell sport community is an amazing community. if not the most amazing community in sports, it's right up there with any other community that I can think of that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of, including being a rugby player, being a football player, baseball, you know all of the various sports I've played. The community here is fantastic, and so it has only further solidified my opinion that uh, the kettlebell sport community is truly, truly special. Um, and that uh, you know it's a, it takes a unique takes a unique uh, person to step onto the platform and uh, do what we do for fun uh, or for competition. Um, but I I think that there are some amazing people uh, in that in this community. Um, And, but with that said, I will also say that there are a lot of things outside of this community that also uh, a lot of people and a lot of things outside of this community that I think um, we could all benefit from, and I'm going to try and explore that a little bit more deeply, Um, I'm going to try and reach out to people that are outside of the kettlebell sport world a little bit more. Um, not that I'm going to stop interviewing kettlebell sport people, obviously, because those are my people. Um, y'all are my people. So don't worry, I'm not i am not planning on discontinuing uh, any kettlebell sport content or anything like that. I'm just gonna try and get some interviews set up with people who are outside of the sport and maybe in other strength sports, um, m- do a little bit more deep diving into some nutrition um, some health and wellness components. Because when I set out to make this podcast, it, it, I never fully intended for it to be uh, a kettlebell sport podcast per se. Um, I actually very intentionally chose the name of the platform podcast because a platform can be uh, just a place where you speak. It is where you're heard. Um, It is also obviously a a through line that connects multiple strength sports. Uh, You use a platform for Olympic lifting. You use a platform for powerlifting. You use a platform for kettlebell sport, obviously. Um, And Then there are obviously a lot of sports where there is no platform, (laughs) at least no formal platform like that. Um, But the intention was was never for this to be fully a kettlebell sport uh, podcast it just happened to go that direction a little bit more um, because that's my community. That's where I have connections. That's where I know people and uh, you know, it's also my passion obviously. (laughs) So, but it's not my only passion. Kettlebell sport to me is a, is a vehicle. It's a mechanism. It's the thing that gets you to the thing. Um, And the thing if to me is better, a better version of you right? A better version of yourself, health, wellness, um, improvement, right? That's hopefully the you know, theme that you've, that you've noticed, regardless of the guest or the topic, um, is that it ultimately circles back to self-improvement and becoming the best version of yourself that you can be um, through taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, doing hard things, Uh, choosing what those hard things are, doing the things that fuel your passion, focusing on your mindset in particular, um, and really pushing yourself to grow. So um, I think in the next, you know, the next uh, coming seasons, uh, I'm going to do more reaching out to people outside of kettlebell sport um, with Plenty of kettlebell sport guests sprinkled in, obviously. Um, But I'm going to try and talk to people about things other than kettlebell sport um, or adjacent to kettlebell sport, or maybe, you know, with a guest who, you know, uh, comes from the kettlebell sport world, but we didn't get into um, some of their other interests or some of their other areas of expertise because I've had some phenomenal guests on who. You know, because I try and keep the podcast to an hour and be respectful of people's time. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bobby. Uh, I do. I do try and generally keep the podcast to an hour, uh, except. Except uh, when I have the occasional guest who, who tells me ahead of time that they don't uh, have a hard stop or they don't care if we go long, um, you know, or if it's just me and Bobby rapping um, for, for hours. <laughs> I do try and keep it to an hour. So that means that limits the amount of topics I can dive into with people and, and have it be, you know, substantive. Um, so I, I may have some guests come back, invite some people back on who have a wealth of knowledge in many, many areas. And we'll dive into some of those other other areas of um, fitness and performance and health and wellness and kettlebell sport and mindset <laughs> and all of those things. But hopefully, hopefully it, it gives uh, hopefully the topics are ones that can be applied um, not just to people training kettlebell sport, but also in um, other areas of, of interest. Hopefully it's areas you can, get, you can apply in your personal life, your professional life. Um, Etc. I really, I really just want to talk to people about, you know, how do we optimize our lives? How do we optimize ourselves, and and therefore optimize our lives? So, um, anyways, that is my long-winded version of saying I'm going to keep doing this podcast, and I'm going to keep trying to push and pursue growth, and reach out to interesting guests and people who have different perspectives and um, can teach us something about. Health, wellness, performance, um, etc., as well as continuing to bring on um, some people that are experts in the kettlebell sport world, uh, because you know they have plenty to teach us about those things as well. So, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've made it, if you've made it this far, <laughs> I am going to pivot um to the intended topic of this podcast as i mentioned in the uh top of the at the top of the podcast this is a kettlebell fat blast edition which it has been a minute since i have talked about the kettlebell fat blast since i've talked about uh my own journey so as a as a rewind Um, you'll remember that the kettlebell fat blast edition podcast were supposed to be more about me talking through my own personal journey uh, or my own approaches to, to coaching and to, to fat loss, um, weight loss, et cetera, um, because I have set the goal for uh, October uh, at my competition here in the twin cities that I wanted to, to try and compete uh, in the, in the light of, Clydesdale division. So down from the, you know, instead of the one Oh five plus kilogram category, uh, the one Oh five, uh, category. So that would mean, um, for us Americans, uh, under 225 pounds basically is what that, that roughly, uh, equates to. So for me, that meant, uh, you know, uh, about a 50 pound weight loss from the start of the year. And then, you know, um, 40 pounds, I still had 40 pounds to go when I started, uh, recording, uh, the, the first kettlebell fat blast edition. And I spent, um, about 12 weeks, um, or I spent exactly 12 weeks, I guess, working with uh, my coach, Samantha Burr, um, who I had on this, uh, on this, Podcast. Uh, so shout out to Sam. Hopefully she's she's still listening. Um, she she was awesome. Um, but I I promised you guys that when I when I started these uh, special these special edition podcasts that it was going to be the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and everything in between. There was going to be no bullshit. I wasn't going to lie to you. I wasn't going to hide things. Um, you know that it was going to be fully transparent um, because you know it's a hard thing honestly, what, what I'm trying to do is a hard thing. And I was going to share in the journey with you, whether I succeeded or failed. Um, and so to give an update on where I stand currently, I have neither succeeded nor failed. Um, you know, I still have, um, I still have a, a good chunk of time left before, uh, before it's, uh, October, but I will say that I have not made the progress on the scale that I wanted to at this point, but the point of this episode in particular is that a, that's okay, and b, I was probably not in a place to th- think that that would be realistic. And I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into that a little a little bit more. Um, so when when I talked about this before, we talked about you know clarity, commitment, and then you know the next piece of that is is consistency. Um, so I, I was very clear on what my goals were. I articulated them clearly to everyone. I wanted to compete, you know, in the 225 weight class by October 23rd when we had the competition. Um, so there was a very clear time-bound goal. I publicly committed to it. And I have been committed to it. Um, so everyone's aware of that commitment. And you know, then the next piece. Is consistency um, that that's always the next the next thing that you really have to to dial in on is is how can you be consistent with your behaviors to move you towards that goal and there's really kind of a, a conundrum there the consistency conundrum. Um, to use some alliteration, or you can call it a polarity. Uh, to use another term that that you know, um, people in my life like to use. My the CEO of my company loves to use the term polarity, and what that essentially means is it's a tension between two opposing forces. And the consistency conundrum is that in the short term, there are behaviors that will move you towards your goal, and they can move you towards your goal rapidly, especially but the conundrum is that if you're too aggressive with those that you will stall out and you will actually not move towards your goals when you pull the aperture open wider right so consistency in the short term is very different than longitudinal consistency and that's where that's where we get into the 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 term sustainability right and i talk about you know the mission that I have is to help people build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. And I was very clear with Sam when we talked about what my goals were, that I was not willing to take on any behaviors that were not healthy long-term, not sustainable long-term. So even if I fall short of my goal for October, that's okay. If I'm moving directionally the right way, to where I can truthfully say that I'm in a better position and I'm closer to my goal in October than I was when I started in January, I am okay with that. Even, even if that means that I don't hit that specific goal that I talked about. So the challenge for me was a few things. Well, we'll get into, we'll get into all of the challenges, but you know, I started at uh, the first of the year, I I weighed in at like 274, 275 pounds, something like that. Um, And no, 278, that's what it was. I weighed in at 278 after new year's kind of, you know, kind of Some of that I'm sure was, you know, fluctuation and, uh, you know, alcohol, you know, water retention after drinking booze on New Year's Eve and, and, you know, and some of of those things. But, you know, the month of December, um, I had not been tracking or, you know, anything particularly aggressive. So I I felt like I was in a good spot to start a weight loss journey because I thought a month off, you know, a period of time off was probably enough for me, a month off from tracking, but I never stopped working out. Um, you know, it was probably enough time for me to, to be ready for a fat loss phase. Um, but the thing about fat loss is that you have to be in a position where your body is physiologically safe to lose body fat. And what, that, what I mean by that is if you have been dieting or in a deficit for an extended period of time, that puts a lot of stress on the body. And at a certain point, you get metabolic adaptation where your body will intentionally decrease the caloric burn for any activity, just in general, whether it's sitting in your chair, whether it's working out, right? Your body's primary function is to keep you alive, keep you alive long enough to reproduce. That's our evolutionary programming. So if you're in a caloric deficit for an extended period of time, Your body starts to register that as there's not enough calories coming in for us to sustain and survive. So to do to to combat that, it makes your caloric burn less, right? It it matches the caloric burn with the intake that you get if you do that for an extended period of time. So you get a decrease in in overall metabolic rate. Other things that can have similar effect are anything that your body would do, would consider a prolonged stressor on the body. So another, another piece, uh, might be your training intensity, your training volume and how long you've been training at, at a high level of intensity. Um, so for me with kettlebell sport, I've been, I've been training kettlebell sport now for probably about seven years. Um, the, at least the last, I'm going to say five or six of which have been relatively intense and fairly consistent. Um, and then, another piece that you have to look at is uh, other sources of stress in your life. So do you have do you have a high stress job? Do you have kids? Um, how's your sleep? You know, et cetera. So we'll look at the job. So, for me, for the last three and a half years, I have been working in tech startups, which, if you think that sounds stressful, it's because it is. <laughs> um, working, working in any startup is stressful, but especially when you're in a fast paced, volatile industry like uh, AI and machine learning and doing consulting, um, it is a very high stress, fast paced job. So I've had that going on for for three years. And then if you pull the aperture back even further, you go back further in my timeline, before that, I was working in the perishable produce industry and in logistics and supply chain, which is even more stressful than than uh, working in a tech startup. I, I can honestly say that I went from you know the the position I was working at before I got into before I got into tech. Uh, I was working six days a week. I was working at least fifty hours in the office, if not more. I was on call. Uh, All the time. I always had my cell phone with me so I could get calls anytime something went wrong. I was always on my email. I was basically available 24 7, 365. And I did that job um, for, you know, five, six years before that. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the platform podcast kettlebell fat blast edition we interrupt this program to share some exciting updates about prizes from our sponsors for the first annual twin cities kettlebell open happening october 23rd here in little canada minnesota in the heart of the twin cities 27 degrees apparel is designing our event t-shirt and has given us a discount code tckb10 for 10 percent off of his apparel which you should definitely check out and as with all orders four dollars of every shirt purchase goes to support one of several mental health charities of your choosing when you check out Uh, additionally barefoot athletics has given us gift certificates for six pairs of the ursus barefoot training shoes which are my personal favorite for snatch as well as for any gpp or deadlifts that i do Uh, and as i mentioned before belevator by dennis vasilov has given us two belts to give away Um, Our friend Nikolai Puchlov from the Seattle Kettlebell Club is providing his new made-in-the-USA pro kettlebells for competitors to try out and use on the platform, as well as support from Gaspari Nutrition and others. If you have ideas or connections to other interested sponsors, please reach out to me. And please go register for the event on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And without further ado, let's get back into it. So when you look at life stress, um, I've been in a high stress career basically my entire life since I graduated from college. Um, I've never had a low stress job. Um, So so add to that uh, recently that my wife has been in graduate school, as I had alluded to, you know, many times uh, across other interviews. So my wife started nursing nursing school, and so she was in grad school. Um, So she was working in the emergency room several days a week, going to class during the day, and then studying on the nights that she wasn't working. So um, that left me trying to help her take care of the house, take care of the kids. So I also have two children, a six-year-old and a five-year-old. And then there was the whole thing of the pandemic. So on top of everything else, you add in the stress of the pandemic. So that's another stressor. Then when you look at the training that I have been doing for, as I said, the past six, seven years, as I looked at my training volume and I looked at my training log because I, train, I track everything, um, when I was asked, when's the last time you took a break from training, I didn't know the answer. And that's not a good, <laughs> that's not a good thing. Um, I looked back at my training log and realized it had been over a year since I had taken a week off from training intentionally. Now, there there had been periods where I had I had stopped training either because of sickness or injury, um, but those are not those. That's not the same as taking an intentional deload week because uh, an intentional deload week or an intentional break uh, is a period of decreasing the stress of training because you know that you need it to recover. Taking a break because you hurt yourself. Doesn't mean that your body is any less stressed out. It actually means that your body is stressed, uh, needing to repair itself. So all of that is to say, um, when when you look holistically at where I was at coming into this process when I started, um, I was not in a place where I should have expected my body to be able to drop body fat, to be able to lose weight, because I was in a conflagration of stress. And it was the confluence of many, many, many areas of long-term longitudinal stress. I have high-stress job, kids, pandemic, high training volume, uh, extensive diet history, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So what that means is, you know, as I as I went through the process uh, with Sam, and we were we were looking at we were looking at um, trying to target um, some of my some of my goals you know she she did what i asked her to do and she she gave me a, a deficit and she gave me a fairly aggressive deficit knowing that i wanted to see some results quickly because of course what's get her, what the only thing better than seeing results is seeing results quickly um so, so um uh, she she and i talked and she she put me uh she put me in 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 a deficit and i saw some changes right but basically what we saw is you know week by week by week I would fluctuate between, you know, two sixty five and two sixty eight. Sometimes going back up to two into the two seventies, um, and then, you know, sticking. But mostly sticking in the two sixties, regardless of regardless of what I did from a from a caloric uh, from a caloric standpoint. So, as any good coach would do, she started looking at. You know, we started simple, and we we just started with looking at protein, carbs, fat, fiber and water you know and then we moved on and we started looking at okay let's let's make sure we're getting our steps um let's let's see and you know tracking biofeedback and seeing all of the seeing all of these things and and what really ended up continuing was that i was very consistent on my water water very consistent on my kettlebell training that never went away i was always really good with that stress varied pretty significantly, you know, depending on what was going on, my weight continued to stay about the same, just fluctuating up and down. And I was struggling with longitudinal uh, adherence to a lot of these to a lot of these things, whether it was um, hitting the calorie numbers, whether it was not drinking. So I, I definitely had, I definitely had to, you know, too many, too many things where it was uh, you know, there was there was there was a reason for, you know, there was an event. There was a reason for eating for eating, like an asshole or drinking too much. Uh, you know, had a whiskey night with a friend. Um, had date night. Uh, got sick. Uh, had a birthday celeb had a birthday celebration uh, for a friend. Um. St. Patrick's Day, you know, my son's birthday, which was, you know, it was stressful and, you know, then you're eating cake and, you know, et cetera, um, you know, and on and on and on. And so really what it what it comes down to is when you when you look at it and over the course of, you know, over the course of 12 weeks, my habits got more and more solid. I was more consistent with my fiber, more consistent with my water more consistent with getting my steps in hitting my hitting my calories you know and i got down to about the the 263 265 but then right back up again uh 270 268 you know etc so what does that mean well that means you need a break <laughs> it means it means you've been pushing too hard for too long and instead of Instead of trying to hit twenty five hundred calories or twenty six hundred calories, when you know in a given kettlebell session I might burn a thousand, that you need to start fueling the body more, and and you might need to take a break from these from these things, um, the and these things being the stresses. Um, So you need to decrease the cumulative stress load, and you need to recover from that. So we decided to decided to really bump my numbers up and needed to take a step back and assess where I'm at realistically. And when you look at all of the things that are going on, it's really important uh, that I understand that I was probably not in a place to expect my body to to be able to drop body fat and I needed to, to take a break. And so that's what I did. <laughs> um, oddly enough, I... And you you know it's you know it's time, and you've probably gone too far. Um, that you're getting a little bit too obsessive when you start having a rage session um, because MyFitnessPal crashed. I was swearing at my phone because MyFitnessPal had a data had a had a database uh, outage for. Uh, a, a few hours, like 12 hours or something. But it was like, at the end of the day, I had tracked every single thing that had crossed my lips. And I was, you know, I, I was putting in my dinner to figure out, well, what's my before bed snack to hit my macros perfectly for for this day. Um, I need to know exactly how much, you know, how many grams of peanut butter I can eat and, you know, how many scoops of protein I need and you know what what fruit I can put in my smoothie, you know, et cetera. And and the database was down. And so I couldn't log into my account. I couldn't log my food. And so I had no idea um, what my what my before bed shake needed to to be for it to be perfect. And rather than just being like, okay, that's fine. I'm just gonna put a scoop of protein and some milk and some veggies, you know, and some fruit and blend it and you know it'll be what it'll be. No, I was, I was like viscerally angry for at least 30, 40 minutes, um, swearing at my phone could not, could not, uh, calm myself down, uh, because I was so focused on needing to hit my numbers and needing to hit my numbers perfectly. Um, that means that you've gone too far. That means that, you know, um, I was getting into obsessive, obsessive thinking, obsessive tracking, um, Right. And that's that's never a good thing, especially for someone with a, a history of disordered eating, someone who who is a person who has had an eating disorder or has an eating disorder. Um, you know, that's where you need to be careful. And so um, I took that as, as a sign uh, that I needed to take a break um, and it, it worked. It worked out pretty well because uh, in we knew that in May that my my wife would be graduating from nursing school which she did. And we had booked a trip to Florida um, to take a vacation with with the family. And so um, we took 10 days in Florida. And on that trip, I did not track anything. I ate what I wanted. I slept in. Um, I drank alcohol if I wanted to drink alcohol. I walked every day. I worked out only a couple of times while I was there. And it was, it was just... Uh, low, low lowish intensity, um, exercise, even, even getting together with Bobby, uh, to do kettlebells on the beach. We, we didn't do anything super intense. It was just a a fun workout, you know, with a friend on, on the beach, you know, so I took a nice solid break and really gave myself the opportunity to, um, de-stress, de-load and yeah, it's been two weeks and then I had my birthday. Um, so Came back home, got home, had my birthday, had cake on my birthday. Still didn't start tracking. Um, didn't didn't worry about tracking. Didn't worry about calorie intake, any of those things. Um, and it was great. It was a nice mental break. It was definitely something that I needed. Um, and and now, I am you know I am hoping. Um, that I can take take that energy and start refocusing. And the plan is not uh, to go crazy and go dive right back into a super severe deficit um, or anything like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and reestablish baseline and see where I'm at from a eucaloric state. Um, I still haven't weighed in um, because from a mental health standpoint, I didn't want to give myself two weeks off um, from the 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 mental stress and uh, obsessive thought of uh, not tracking, not weighing in, or any of those things, and then come back and immediately step on the scale, and then have a negative connotation with with doing what my body needed to do, um, because it is entirely likely that I put some weight back on. Um, you know, I, I I would I would bet a large sum of money that I did put some weight back on, but that's okay um, because I needed the break. I needed the decrease in activity. My biofeedback is better. My HRV is better. My sleep scores are better. Um, you know, so indi- indications are that it was something that was very good for me, but I also have to take care of my mental health and not stress myself out by stepping back on the scale too soon. So now um, I am back into getting back into my routine. I'm easing back into my routine. I did not come back and say, okay, now my birthday's over. I'm doing a 24 hour fast and I'm going right back to, you know, major deficit or anything like that. I'm, I am just gently guiding myself back onto the path that I was on before. Um, as far as my habits are concerned, I'm going to start tracking my food again. Um, I have, you know, I'm going to be tracking my fiber, tracking my water. Um, I've, I've got my, my data points, and back into to training with kettlebell sport three times a week more focus now on recovery and sleep uh low hopefully a little bit lower stress level now that my wife is uh almost done she's done with school uh she's got the NCLEX um you know sometime this month um but you know from there I'm just I'm very I'm very excited to be um going about this the right way right and and um Working with a new a new nutrition coach, um, you know Sam and I decided that it was uh, it was uh, it was it was best for us to to part ways because she wants to really focus on women, uh, and I am not one, um, so that's really her niche, um, and she wants to focus on women. And I'm like incredibly grateful for Sam and all of her help and encouragement. I mean, she 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 really helped guide me through some some really challenging times. You know, I was kind of a You know, as you probably got a glimpse of here, I was a little bit of a mental case, um, getting frustrated with the lack of progress and unreasonable expectations of myself and perfectionism and, uh, and then, you know, some binge behavior uh, as a result of that, you know, so, you know, and that's, and that's what happens when you, when you overstress and you're over, you know, when when you when you're when you're over-indexed, cravings get really strong. Binge behavior tends to get really strong, um, or the di- desire for for binge behavior tends to get really strong. That's your body's way of telling you that you've you've gone too far and it needs more. You know, um, but when you try and deny that, deny that, deny that, deny that, deny that, you know, you can only keep that up for so long. Um, so, you know, like Mike Milner talked about, you you have to work with your you have to work with your, your body's brain chemistry, in order for it to be long term sustainable. Um, so, um, I'm I'm now working with uh, with Liz Larson, who's one of Mike Milner's um, coaches on his staff and he did a great job matching me up with somebody who's a good personality fit for me i've connected with her and we're we're just getting started on establishing my baseline uh she knows my neurotype I'm type 1b in case anybody was wondering Uh, 1b with some with some 2a and 2b tendencies but pretty strongly 1b Um, so (laughs) she's going to be working with me um, on my neurotype and working with me on my uh, on my, on my behaviors and um, on my habits, I, I should say. Um, so, you know, steps, water, fiber, macros, um, self care, stress relief, stress management, consistency with my movement, um, but not overdoing it Um you know, and and all of those all of those dimensions that are that are very important. Um, so, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spend more time talking to you guys more about each of those uh, kind of individually and and the the frameworks that I use um, to to apply these same things um, with my with my clients. Um, because this this is the same framework um, that I, that I tend to use um, with people in tracking biofeedback, tracking macros, um, and how we can and how we can get into those those different dimensions. Because when you really start looking at all of the dimensions that come into a, a total transformation, um, you know, and really doing it in a sustainable long term way, it, it it's a lot. And so you have to do it incrementally. It has to be habit stacking and building things over time. Checking boxes consistently. You know, and if you know you've got to get to the point where you have to, you know, check 20 boxes consistently, you know, that's a lot. And especially if you're only checking one when you start, you know, um, but if you're if you're checking one and then you're like, hey, I need to get to the point where I can check two consistently. And then I need to get to the point where I can check three. OK, those three are pretty solid. I check those all the time now. That's just the way I, that's the way I live. OK, great. Then it then it doesn't feel like you're then it doesn't feel like you have more boxes, new boxes to check. Right. Um, it's no longer 20. Now it's like, okay, now I've got 17. <laughs> um, so th- th- that's where the, the power of habit stacking and the power of building sustainable habits comes in. You know, I no longer think of training three times a week for kettlebell uh, as a box I have to check um, or anything like that. Or it- it's just, it's part of my life because I've done it for so long now um, that I can't imagine not doing it you know, and that's, and that's where it becomes powerful. Right. Um, so that's what I'm working on. That's where I'm at. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't know what I'm weighing right now. Um, but you know, when I start, uh, start weighing in again and start taking measurements again, um, I'll, I will share that. Um, I'm not going to hide anything. <laughs> um, so, um, which is a little, a little scary, but you know, it's all good. Um, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about it. And, um, yeah, I feel I feel good about where I'm at. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this process and looking forward to this journey. Um, and, you know, this is why even coaches need coaches, because it helps me to have somebody else to, to help hold me accountable and, and um, save me from my own tendencies a little bit, which Sam did a great job of, of really <laughs> putting me back on the rails and keeping me from keeping me from going crazy and and really helping me focus in on on the important habits that I could focus on controlling my controllables, keeping my mindset solid, um, you know, so I, I really want to give a shout out to her and, and give her a lot of appreciation because she was great and encouraging and I would highly recommend uh, any ladies out there. <laughs> I won't say anybody because she clearly wants to focus on women, but any ladies out there who are looking for a good coach Sam. Uh, Sam Burr is a, is, a, is a good coach so um, I can personally vouch from having worked with her um, for three months. Um, she she did it, she did an excellent job with me so um, saw a ton of progress uh, in so many in so many dimensions and and. You know it's important to remember that that de- the scale is only one dimension, um, and I still saw progress on the scale, just not at the level that we wanted it to. You know, um, but having started the having started the year at 278 and getting down to you know 263 while I was working with her, that's not uh, that's not insignificant amount of progress. Um, but anyways, um, that's it for this episode of the kettlebell fat blast edition. I will see you guys on the other side, and I promise I will be bringing these episodes um, to you with a little bit more consistency uh, than I had been, but um, hopefully I'll understand why I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't add that to my plate at the time. Uh, it just didn't feel like didn't feel like I could handle it, honestly. And it just felt like I needed to focus on uh, some other areas and keep my, try and keep my head above, keep my head above the surface. So I was treading water a little bit there, but uh, I feel like I'm in a much better spot now. And uh, I'll keep you guys posted on, on how this goes and we'll, and we'll, di- we'll deep dive on some of these, on some of these dimensions, some of these frameworks a little bit more. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. If you made it this far and we will talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Cundy Wright. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. Please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. And if you have a question or a suggestion, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub@gmail.com. At and don't forget to follow us on social media at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. Until next time.